the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together as always. And um, let me see, let me remind you, uh, we had that John Cribb interview about uh, the rail splitter, the Abraham Lincoln historical novel, John Cribb, the uh, rail splitter. That interview was uh, yesterday, but you can find that over at... um, phyllisschlafly.com or on my Twitter feed at Eagle Ed Martin. So uh, check that out. And he's wonderful. That guy is a super guy. All right. Today we've got uh, Kent Heckenlively. Kent Heckenlively. That's a handful. Uh, Kent Heckenlively is an author. Um, he has worked with a number of whistleblowers and why whistleblowers, that's usually a term for government officials. In this case, it's people uh, of the Project Veritas type. In fact, the book that he uh, wrote is called This Was CNN. This Was CNN. And the uh, introduction or the four is by uh, uh, James O'Keefe of Project Veritas. Uh, Kent Hacken-Lively will join us to talk about his book, This Was CNN, which launches in about a week, uh, 10 days or so, um, and we'll make sure to uh, push that. looks really good. I've read, uh, as you know, I've read first and last chapter and some in between, and we'll see how much I get done. Matt Lamb will also join us. He's the associate editor over at the College Fix, thecollegefix.com. I want you to listen to the interview with him. I pre-recorded it earlier today, so I know how it will go. But there's two things about this, the collegefix.com. It's college students, conservatives, who are encouraged to be journalists. They write about things all over the the, the country. They're extraordinary. And so the key, two things I want you to know is, one, there's great young people that want to be journalists that are conservative and thoughtful. And second, the college fix is very cool because what it's doing. Uh, and the topic, uh, this, this, this topic is interesting too. So all that and more. And today, you know, first of all, what, what do you need to know? What you need to know today, today's daily wink, what you need to know, W-Y-N-K. If you go to ProAmericaReport.com, sign up there for the daily email, the daily wink. Uh, every morning at 8 a.m. East Coast time, you will get an email that gives you a couple of key thoughts, a daily wink, what you need to know, and especially links to this segment from the radio show, uh, what you need to know. And so go to ProAmericaReport.com and sign up there. Today's wink, what you need to know is Joe Biden He sure, sure sounds not just like a liar, but a fool. He sounds like a fool. And the reason why that's important is because they don't want him to run again. And when I say they, I don't mean Republicans. I don't mean centrists. I don't mean moderates. I don't mean the media. The Democrats don't want him to run again. And so let me explain to you. I recorded... Armstrong Williams, great TV show. Armstrong Williams, of course, is the uh, nationally known uh, syndicated columnist, uh, as well as a host of his own program, The Armstrong Williams Show, uh, which airs all over all, all across the country. Also, he's also a businessman and uh, he's been um, a long time uh, a uh, uh, Republican conservative a leader, uh, very close friends with um, Ben Carson. That's one of the things, one of the great friendships you'll see. So Armstrong Williams had me on his show, which he does every now and again. And it's a great show. It's always got a couple big uh, hitters and then it's got these panels. And I was on the panel and we were talking about this question. And, and, the, and the question came up about, um, you know, uh, uh, what um, uh, Joe Biden, they found all these documents now. Uh, they've appointed a special counsel 
to 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 investigate Joe Biden, uh, uh, matching the special counsel that was appointed to to uh, investigate um, uh, um, uh, President Trump, former President Trump's documents. So we got dueling special counsels coming out of the Department of Justice. Uh, and here's what you need to know: when you are at the highest levels of government of industry. You know, these are very, very capable, very talented, very arrogant, very whatever the phrases are, men and women. You know, people used to say Hillary Clinton is dumb. That's just a ridiculous thing to say. You don't get to that level of of sort of big league, top-notch competition of any kind without having real talent. It doesn't mean that you come across as smart. I've met a university president who seems like a, uh, a nitwit. I've met that's happened. But usually they have other skills, by the way, that uh, help offset whether they come across as a nitwit like they're great scholars or writers or fundraisers or whatever. But at the highest level, these men and women, in the case of Biden and Trump, they're at the highest levels. There's vice president of the United States, Joe Biden. It's president of the United States, uh, 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 Donald Trump. These are the top levels of the world. These people have everything happening, all kinds of action, and they both took documents home with them. And, you know, I think the Biden, the, the Penn Biden Center has a real problem because it was controlled and funded by the Chinese nationals, the regime, the communist Chinese funded that one. Get you awfully close to old uh, Hunter Biden's uh, billion dollar deal with somebody or other in China. And, you know, Trump had his had documents, whatever he had. And we have no one's confirmed because once there's a special counsel, you don't really know. You can't comment. And that's what the White House is doing now. They said, sorry, there's a special counsel. Can't say anything. But what we know that they both took documents with him. And uh, in the case of the Penn Biden, the Chinese nationals is a concern. In the case of Trump, you know what, what he had, it matters. But here's the one thing. I said this to Armstrong Williams. One thing that's different, and it's a big deal. When you are elected president of the United States, you become commander in chief. You become the top executive officer. You're not the king. We didn't have kings, right? You're not the dictator, although there's way, way too much power in the executive branch. But you are the head of the executive branch. Every all of the power of the executive branch emanates from that position. So the fact that there is a Department of Justice and an attorney general is out of the power that the chief executive, the president, has as president. That's why there is no such thing as an independent Department of Justice. The power emanates from the White House, from the from not from the White House, from the the office of president. And insofar as there are things like rules about classifying documents and all, there are rules for declassifying them so that there can be a request to unmask the identity of uh, of someone as was happening in the last days of the Obama administration. Susan Rice and others were rapidly asking for unmasking. They needed to give the name of the person who had been identity protected in certain presidential briefings and otherwise. And they were doing it, I think, because they wanted to make sure that the person's name was known, especially around General Flynn, Mike Flynn. But any of those processes to unclassify, to unmask, that all happens under the delegated authority of the president. And there may be a policy in place where the, uh, you know, inspector general of the Department of Defense has to approve something or whatever the office would be and allow them to be declassified or, 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 or someone given a top secret clearance according to the rules so they can look at things. But when you're the president, Obama, Trump, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, 
You have the power to declassify anything you want. And you can unclassify and declassify anything you want. You could declassify uh, secrets that people don't want you to declassify. You could de- you could declassify and release publicly the JFK files. Uh, Trump didn't do it. He was supposed to do it by, I think, 2017 or 2019, and he held it back. I think Biden just did some of them. You could declassify uh, secrets. You could even declassify things. You might get you might get. Uh, you might get prosecuted for treason, but you're allowed to the declassification happens. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it happens based on the office of the president. So all that warm up to say, and I said this to Armstrong Williams, Donald Trump could take documents and he could declassify them. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he did it in a sloppy way. Maybe he says that he did it and other people don't have a paper trail, all worthy of a a discussion of some sort. But it is without a doubt, a 100 percent in our law, in our understanding, in our facts, et cetera, that Donald Trump could declassify anything he wanted. He could say, I know that this document, this folder has all kinds of top secret stuff, but I want to take it with me when I leave. I'm the president. I'm going to declassify it. And now if I take it, I'm just taking documents, not classified documents. There are rules, by the way, about taking anything because the property, it is the property of the government, but you're allowed to take, basically take copies of anything, but you can't take, you can't take classified stuff or top secret stuff. So Trump could do that. And Trump may, in the minds of some, have abused that. That's a different conversation. That may make it so people don't want to elect him. They don't think as much of him, et cetera. But here's the fact. Joe Biden was never president. So any documents he took, he wasn't allowed to take under any theory that he was, you know, uh, the person who was uh, aware of what they meant or anything else. If they were classified, he can't declassify them. If they were top secret, he can't make them anything but top secret. So when he took them, he couldn't have done anything but broken the law, period. I think it's up for grabs whether Trump did or not. But you take A plus B and, C and add C, you know, A is... The Chinese regime is funding the, uh, the, the, the place where you're doing this. B, you leave these documents in your, in your closet, in your, next to the Corvette and all over. And C, you got a track record of abuse, of power and, 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 and what the Bidens have. I, I got to tell you again, maybe it's not corrupt with a capital C, meaning these guys are taking money for it, but it sure looks rotten. It sure looks swampy. And again, you never saw Trump do anything like that. You never saw anybody do anything like that. There's never been this level of arrogance. And you know, Joe Biden was asked about it. He's asked about, said, oh, the, the, the paper, the documents may have been classified or top secret or whatever, but they were safe. They were in the garage with my Corvette. I keep my Corvette locked up. I was safe. Arrogance. Arrogance. But that one point I said to Armstrong, I just want to hit it again. Joe Biden had no way to be able to take the documents. Trump did. You don't have to like it. You don't have to believe it was a good good judgment of Trump, but he had the right to take them if he declassified them. He was in his power. And Biden was out of his power, but he's so arrogant. Well, we'll see what happens. All right, that's what you need to know. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment. Lots of great interviews. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com. ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the Daily Wink there. Be right back.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Been looking forward to this interview uh, for about a week or so. I have, as my listeners know, uh, Kent, uh, I am. I love books and I, I love to read and I love one of the great things about uh, this is that people will send me books and I can dig into them. And so this book, this book title is called This Was CNN. This Was CNN. And Kent Heckenlively is our guest. He is an attorney. He's been a, uh, a teacher. He's a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, and he paired up uh, with a man named Kerry Porch. And Kerry is a uh, former uh, um, CNN staffer, uh, was in the CNN and has written this sort of uh, behind the scenes look. Um, so uh, first of all, uh, welcome to the program, Kent. Thanks for coming on with us. Thanks a lot, Ed. Happy to be here. Well, so Ken, first, you're a, you're a professional communicator. You've been a writer. You've been, you know, you, this is what you do. Were you surprised as you got into this topic, this into this book, how I don't know if the word is bad CNN is how how you know how um, what was going on behind the scenes? I, I I wonder if you if you your the scales fell off on your own eyes or if you'd already had this uh, experience. Well, you know, this is my third book with a Project Veritas whistleblower. So what happens is Project Veritas finds the story. You know, they put it together in a, you know, 10, 15 minute video package. But there's usually so much behind the story that the whistleblowers get handed off to me. So I've done a book on Google and a book on Facebook. And then the CNN book came up and I said, oh, my God, what a great great uh, subject and what I, what I also did differently with this book was I hired uh, probably some of the best researchers in the world um, they work in corporate security and, and they actually have uh, some people with intelligence backgrounds and I said okay hunt CNN find me the stories that I don't know about yet so there was a lot in the public domain that was you know about the bias at CNN right. that was uncovered by Project Veritas. Right. There was, um, uh, you know, stuff about sex scandals at CNN. That was all very interesting. But what my researchers found, and as I said, they're some of the best in the world, was they found two really disturbing things. And that is that CNN has created a huge digital intelligence group of over 200 individuals hmm. Uh, and the people who lead it, three of them in particular, have military training in digital warfare. And so my researchers came back to me and they kind of said, like, you know, you know, holy cow, how is it that a company that really should maybe have 20 people? I mean, if you're just doing digital defense of your network, has over 200. This looks really bad. You know, we can't tell you um, exactly what's going on with it, but it, it seems like this is this is not digital defense. This is digital warfare. And then you wonder, well, what's the target? Is it going to be Fox News? Is it going to be a foreign government? And then the next thing that my group came up with was they identified 21 individuals at CNN, uh, many of them who are on-air personalities, mm -hmm. who have employment histories, which are highly suggestive that they are intelligence assets, that they actually worked for the intelligence agencies at some level, sometimes at extremely high levels. 
Um, and they said, you know, this is not what news people do. News people do not go to work for the government at high levels and then go back to the media and are trusted. For example, I think the highest profile person we uncovered was Jim Secuto, who is their uh, national security correspondent. OK, well, yep. Jim, Jim Secuto lists, lists on his his own information that for a year and a half, he was head of the U.S. mission in Beijing, China and special advisor to our ambassador, Gary Locke. And right. so Jim Secuto is in that position is privy to our greatest secrets, right? You know, we have no bigger adversary than China. And right. so are you telling me that he's going to go do that job for a year and a half, get all this intelligence, and then he's going to go back on the air and tell the American public, this is the way it is? No way in hell is that guy doing it. And I, I, I think that this parallels with a lot of what's been going on with um the release of the Twitter files and yeah. specifically some of the work that Michael Schellenberger has been doing. And, you know, Michael Schellenberger, you know, in, in Twitter files, number seven, he talked about this guy. Um, uh, what is his name? James Baker, James Baker, the Twitter attorney. Well, you know, since I've got this perspective that, I'm seeing spooks all over the place. I say, well, let me go and look up James Baker. Okay, he, we know he was general counsel to the FBI under Comey, but what else has he done? Well, you dig into his background a little bit and you find out that he got not one, not two, but three awards from our intelligence agencies for the work that he did. You know, he also worked in big finance uh, at Bridgewater. He teaches national security law at Harvard University since about 2009. And he was also a CNN contributor, uh, often on air with uh, disgraced uh, anchor Chris Cuomo. I mean, this guy is such a spook. He probably disappears in direct sunlight. And we're talking. We're talking with Ken Heckenlively, the author of "This Was CNN." I want to make sure to say it's Bombardier Books, uh, which is a division of Post Hill Press. The for a forward. The one of the forward in the book is James O'Keefe, as you mentioned. And the book is again, "This Was yeah. CNN: How Sex Lies and Spies Undid the World's Worst News Network." Ken, at the risk of um, uh, uh, you know, kind of um, unburying the lead, did the change in leadership at CNN, what you describe, I think, is a lot of what Jeff Zucker was in charge of. And, and truth in uh, full disclosure, I think that's how they do it. I did a stint at CNN as a contributor for about six months. I was pushed out because I think I was too good at uh, at telling the truth. But but the uh, was this a Zucker? Was this Zucker? Uh, and and do you ha do you see any um, do you see anything different under the new leadership with new ownership? You know, it, it's great because I, I almost like had to rewrite the whole damn book because <laughs> I as I was in, I, I as I was in the middle of writing it, suddenly Jeff Zucker resigns, and I'm like, holy Christ! You know, this was I was talking all about Zucker, and now Zucker resigns, and so what's really interesting is I think there's an effective civil war going on at CNN because the new people in charge, um, uh, you know, is John Malone and Chris Lick. Yeah, ha have specifically stated 
that they want to get away from what they've done before. And, and that, you know, kudos to them. I, you know, I'm actually thinking of sending them a book and actually saying, you know, I'm a critic of CNN, but I'm not an enemy. And, you know, for, for readers who think that this may just be a one-sided story, a lot of the impetus for what I, for my view comes from the work of left-wing journalists like like um, uh, Carl Bernstein, who in the 1970s in an article in Rolling Stone, uh, you know, this was a, an extensive article, 25,000 words, I believe. He talked about how more than 400 members of the media had been uh, paid by the CIA, had been operatives of the CIA to plant stories in the American media. And, you know, the another person who uh, extensively vetted, you know, the claims was Daniel Sheehan, who uh, was one of the four lawyers who did the Pentagon Papers case. Um, he uncovered the information on Iran-Contra. So, I mean, I got a bunch of lefties in my book that I quote who are also as concerned about the national security state influencing the media and so when we look at the hostility that you know left and right seem to feel for each other i i you know come to the conclusion that we're kind of being played mm. you know it's it's like the left and right we could get along we could talk about our problems but for some reason you know i kind of feel like the um the domestic intelligence agencies are like an abusive spouse to the american public um and if you know much about domestic abuse one of the things that they do is they cut you off from they make you they make you crazy and they make you voluntarily disassociate with those members of your family or friends who would question the relationship. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I find yeah, the same it's, pattern. It's and, a, you know, so, so but Kent, I'm going to pause on that because I, I think almost all of our listeners and, and would have the experience and it, it could happen on both sides. I have always so careful to say that, hey, 100%. if you watch too much Fox News, you may get in balance, too. I mean, it's not that it's not that. And, and, and I think that all of those all of our news has gotten more um, more uh, focused on their tribe and therefore they're talking to their group. And, and whether that's brainwashing or not, and whether CNN was uh, was, a, you know, sort of better at it, which I would argue they were. They are. But really, people actually are that watch CNN. They do have a different sense of reality and 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 cutting through that to say hey wait a second rethink your position on x you'll watch them like you'll watch them talk right now about the you say that the uh mar-a-lago documents versus the the uh you know penn biden documents both vice president biden and uh former president uh, trump had these documents and you'll have people say they were watching cnn well you know biden didn't mean it he's a good guy and and trump was evil and you're like wait that's not you're not dumb you're not you know you're not an idiot it, it really feels like brainwashing ken and again you're communicating uh, a whole bunch of the country, 30% has been brainwashed. And, 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 you know, one of the things that I argue in the book, I spent a, a good deal of time in the first chapters talking about the vision of Ted Turner. Right. And, you know, Ted Turner was a definite lefty. But what he wanted for his network was he said, when there's a debate, I want the very best guy on the left side. And I want the very smartest guy on the right side debating this stuff and then let the viewers come to their own conclusion. What's happened in the media is that, you know, the left wing will get the smartest 
smartest guy on the left and the stupidest guy on the right. <laughs> right. And, you know, Fox, Fox News does the same thing. I mean, it's it's really outrage theater. So I don't know if I'm making my audience smaller or something, but <laughs> I really do believe be, believe that this is something that's happening on both sides. I mean, I concentrate on CNN, but I, I think that this is something that's going on in the media. And, you know, hopefully there's enough good people out there who want to hear the arguments from the other side. And, yeah. and so I'm, I'm presenting it in as, you know, you know, logical, reasonable and well-documented ways I possibly can. Well, I, t- I tell you, it's a really interesting uh, topic and a really interesting book. It's Again, everybody, uh, this was CNN. And uh, Ken, I, unfortunately, I got to go. Uh, the, uh, we're out of time. Kent, heckin' lively. I'll put up on social media links to the book and uh, others. Thanks for doing it. We'll have you back on again more broadly, I- I'd say, on this topic of uh, of media, because now, whether you like it or not, you've written a book on it. You're an expert on it. And I think uh, I do think your your perspective there at the end, talking about how to, to just pick whatever whatever angle you want, if you're not paying attention to how uh, they're doing it and, uh, and the power it has, and in this case, the spies part of this is crazy to me. The intelligence community, more and more, we're seeing their fingerprints on all this stuff. So thank you again, uh, Ken. Sorry we got to run, but we'll talk again soon. Yeah, book, book, book comes out February 7th, pre-order now on Amazon. Drive okay. up my sales. Good deal. Pro- February 7th, great. We'll have you. Maybe we'll get you on again before then. So uh, uh, Ken Heck and Lively, everybody, uh, we'll, we will put it up on uh, social Social media, uh, very good and and uh, uh, interesting. I, I as my listeners know, can I do? I did the first couple of chapters, the last couple of chapters, and I've only bounced through the middle. I'll do more reading, and we'll have uh, Kent back on again. All right, everyone, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is Matt Lamb. Matt Lamb is an associate editor over at the College Fix. If you don't know the College Fix, you need to because they're very, very good. They have uh, student reporters across the country. They have um, a lot of the break news, but also they'll have uh, analysis of the news uh, in uh, all, uh, other places, uh, especially on campuses. Um, and it's run by the Student Free, Pre- Pre- Free Press Association, which is a nonprofit, uh, gets lots of support from all different uh, journalists. So, Matt Lamb, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Good. Thanks for having me. Uh, listen, set up for our listeners. I tried to do a summary at what the college fix is, who's contributing, what you're seeing. I know I've got a piece I want to ask you about that uh, one of your folks down at the University of North Texas uh, wrote about. It's about Harvard, but that the, re- the reporter was down there. Well, walk us through what the college fix is and, and what you guys are up to. Sure. So at the collegefix.com, um, we have student reporters. I mean, I'm a full-time employee. I've been out of school a while. Um, but basically, we train students who are interested in careers in journalism, media relations, public relations, and how to be better writers, how to be good journalists, um, and you know, give them tips on asking questions, finding sources, and all that sort of uh, good stuff. And you know, we do straight news reporting, um, but we are right-leaning in the sense that we cover topics like the pro-life issue, LGBT agenda, wokeness, free speech. I'm sure a lot of topics of interest to your listeners. Um, And so we we cover those topics specifically as it relates to college campuses and academia. 
All right. So this piece that I flagged that um, was back and forth, this is a, a Hudson Crozier, a reporter, a, a, I guess a student at University of North Texas. So first you get somebody like that. He's doing the work uh, uh, to uh, take up this issue. He might be at North Texas. The issues at Harvard, that's sort of the that, that's one of the part aspects of this. You got people all across the country, right? Absolutely. Um, we have students that cover uh, tons of different college campuses. And for some reasons, I'm sure you can understand, they don't necessarily always want to write about their own campus. Sure. And there's just a lot that goes on. So, OK. All right. So he's writing this story. The Harvard Med Harvard Med class, a medical school class, focuses on the LGBTQIA plus infants and older. What'd you discover here? And I haven't seen this story covered nationally yet. I, I think it will be. But it, well, tell us what you found. Absolutely. So we were the first to cover this, but um, at Harvard Medical School, which of course is, we used to at least be one of the top medical schools in the country, um, they have a course that they regularly have offered over the past couple years titled Caring for Patients with Diverse Sexual Orientations, Gender Identities, and Sex Development. And this class is part, uh, you know, clinical work, um, but also has an advocacy angle to it. But part of this, it says that students will work with, uh, let's just shorten it to LGBT, uh, you know, gay, transgender individuals starting as, as infants. So they, they have identified infants uh, who, who are gay. And of course, Hudson, our reporter, we train, you know, we train our reporters how to ask questions. He asked the medical school, how do you, how do you know? How do you know if an infant is lesbian or, or transgender? Um, and of course, there's no response. This course is uh, done in conjunction with the Massachusetts General Hospital, the Fenway Institute, Boston Children's Hospital, and those organizations these directors are LGBT, LGBT activists. There was a video from one of these hospitals where uh, a doctor there said that uh, sometimes children are in the womb know that they're transgender, and so this is what we're this is what we're dealing with um, at, at Harvard Medical School of all places. Well, and so you know, some of the some of us conservatives have known for a long time that if you go to most of these schools, for example, uh, Harvard you, you, Medical School, if you you will be trained uh, if you want to be an OBGYN on abortion, and that's and that's tough luck. Uh, if you go to Georgetown, uh, a Catholic school by name, you can opt out of that, and you don't have to train at the place where they do abortion. Portions, but but it's it's awfully tough and the pressure on it is is pretty clear. I guess the question I have when I looked at this was this, this isn't an uh, this is not a um, this is not some optional thing. Right. I mean, this is not like the one that if you're if you're into this issue, you go take this. Is there a way to tell? Is this uh, is it everybody has to take it? Can you opt out? Is there conscience protection at Harvard uh, Medical School? Yeah, I believe this is actually an optional uh, okay. course. Now that now that being said, uh, there's plenty of other classes um, yeah. that 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 include the LGBT agenda. Right. Um, because of course, if we're now saying that women can have penises, that means that all of the class on male anatomy is actually just kind of a broad class on anatomy, and vice versa. Of course, of the different uh, differences, physical differences differences between men and women. So I do believe this is actually an elective class. Um, that being said, we we know from surveys and, 
and stories that there is a lot of pressure to conform to this LGBT agenda. So I wouldn't be surprised if some students choose not to take this class and perhaps take a more conventional class on, you know, psychotherapy or cardiology or bedside manner if they aren't sort of, you know, singled out or or labeled um, for not wanting to take this, what is really a political activist course disguised as a medical school class. We're talking with uh, Matt Lamb. He's one of the uh, editors over at The College Fix. If you go to the co- thecollegefix.com, you'll see a lot of these uh, uh, articles, a lot of this coverage. Uh, very helpful, very refreshing, also very interesting to have these young people, students, a lot of them writing about this. In this piece, on uh, Harvard's med school, uh, you, you, uh, the, you're a journalist, the journalist in this, the writer in this, uh, interviewed or, or got a quote from uh, an ethicist and uh, over Colorado State, a medical ethicist, and and this was what I thought was interesting. I mean, an aspect of this, um, you got college, you got medical school students who are coming in, and and if if somebody's teaching a course to you and you're a medical school student, just like when you're a college student or when you're a law school student or a business school student, you assume the person's got some authority. They're standing in front of the class, not sitting next to you. And so one of the aspects of this one, though, that this ethicist points out is, you know, the idea of gender dysphoria in minors, the, the, the diagnosis has has been going up, up, up in the last couple of years. Suddenly, what, uh, you know, either people figured it out um, that, that, that they had diagnosed it or they're, um, you know, suddenly everyone has got this diagnosis. But that ought to be a, a part of the discussion. And I thought that was a helpful um, uh, point here. And Matt, you know, one thing about the coverage on the college fix is I thought that was sort of a different way to be talking about the issue. Not just, hey, hear this. Isn't it terrible? Why are they doing this at Harvard Med School? But here's the here's a way to think about what should be happening. Right. If you're you're going to teach this, there is no disputing that it is occurring. I think we all dispute whether it's accurate or whether it's real, but it's occurring that there's something called gender dysphoria that people are, 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 are diagnosing with minors. But that's new. And it's not, you know, the Hippocratic Oath thousands of years ago and gender dysphoria 10 minutes ago. It's worth pointing that difference out. I think that's very helpful. Absolutely. If there was any diagnosis that was skyrocketing, that was increasing, that's the work of medical professionals. Um, There's been some work we've also covered. Your readers can look up Eric. Kaufman on our website from Burbeck College. He's a political scientist who has studied some of these trends um, in LGBT identification, primarily, well, LGBT identification, um, and did find, you know, social influence, links to mental illness, links to liberal uh, politics, uh, social media. I think TikTok certainly plays a role. Um, and I think it is something that, and it's a great point that you made and, and Professor Modi Gorin made that um, these things need to be looked into and not just rushed into but some of these classes dismiss counseling they're just you know injecting with drugs cut off their body parts and that will help them and it really doesn't the um the the and the reality is the uh the, the these are this coverage you said this has been covered now i this i wanted to point this out again matt lamb is our guest and associate editor over at the college fix uh go to thecollegefix.com and this piece we're talking about was written by hudson crozier who's over at the university of north texas um the but you you, you and he let me say yeah he, i'm getting it right he's a student at the university of north texas studying journalism and poli sci um and has been uh, writing uh a, a number of times uh including uh earlier one here uh, on the collegefix.com. Uh, but Matt, um, the someone else covered this because you covered it. Is that right? Uh, the Harvard Med class thing, someone picked it up. Is that true? 
Correct. We uh, we broke the story, and then um, other publications um, like the Daily Wire and Fox News picked it up. And you know, those are great publications. I think this just shows that we give at the College Fix students opportunity to break national uh, stories like this, and then get picked up by other you know great conservative outlets, um, Fox News, Daily Wire. I think I saw actually Daily Mail picked it up. I think I saw something this morning about it. Um, and yeah, so we at the CollegeFix.com or on Facebook, Twitter, all of those places. We train students to do real journalism work like this about what's going on on college campuses. Well, and one of the and one of the things, Matt, I want to point out to our listeners is it, it it's it, it sort of it's not a game, but it's a system. And the system is if someone with some credibility covers it, others will look at it. And so the College Fix has for years now, and I don't know how many years, but I've known about them for years, been credible. They're doing they're doing uh, you know well edited writing. They're they're stringing their sentences together they're thoughtful it doesn't mean every single piece is picked up by others but in this world where um the access to um to information and the reality that citizen student journalism is valuable when you do it right and well you can lead and the college fix will say here's a good article this guy's learned a lot or in this case and and he's written this well and we're pleased with it but if you do it right and it's credible it also gets picked up and you're influencing what's covered and i think that's a great attribute of the college fix uh and also what these young people are doing yeah, thank you so much. And um, yeah, we continue to train students and we also place them in fellowships and internships so they can go work for a Washington Examiner, The Hill, Good. Fox News, sure. you know, all these other places. And yeah, they could grow up and be Matt Lamb and be an associate editor at the College Fix, not just a student. Oh, I hope they strive a little higher than being me. But oh, there you go. Well, all right. Listen, thanks, Matt. As always, I appreciate it. Uh, we'll put all this up on social media. Uh, it's good stuff. So thank you. And uh, we'll be right back, everybody. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. You probably already know that the left has created a well-oiled machine to install left-leaning school board members throughout the nation. Teachers unions funnel ridiculous amounts of funding to ensure that leftists dominate as many school boards as possible from the outset. However, what you may not know is that the left has created an equally effective machine to control school board members once they take office. This not only provides key tactical knowledge to leftist members, but it also has the effect of persuading other school board members who might otherwise be on the fence about important votes. Let me give you an idea of how this works by walking you through the typical process of what happens after you get elected to your local school board. You likely will get contacted by your state school board association congratulating you on your victory and inviting you on an all-expenses-paid trip to a fun destination in your state to receive important training. Being an outsider who's new to running a school board, you'll eagerly accept the invitation to get important training. Once you arrive at this swanky gathering, you'll be indoctrinated without even knowing it. The trainers won't be blue-haired crazies who rant about the moral benefits of stocking school libraries with pornographic books. Instead, you'll be assured by smartly dressed lawyer types that it would be unconstitutional for you to pull books off of school shelves. They'll say with certainty that you will be subjected to a federal investigation if you don't affirm a student's transgender identity while hiding it from their parents. They'll tell you that firing teachers for indoctrinating students will bring a litany of non-discrimination lawsuits. None of these things may be true, but it won't matter. 
the experts will convince you to surrender your ability to run your school district before you even have a chance to make a difference. If conservatives want to fight back against this well-oiled leftist indoctrination machine for school board members, we must develop a resistance to relying on the experts who offer us important training. The voters elect our representatives to run our schools, not these so-called experts. We must demand representation of our community values. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The liberal agenda is corrupting classrooms in colleges and schools across the country. If you're a parent, teacher, or administrator who really cares about our children, we promise to keep you informed at phyllisschlafly.com. And let us hear from you at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Wrapping things up. We got less than a minute. Just let me say this. I have told you a number of times. You won't regret it. Go over to ProAmericaReport.com and sign up for the daily uh, email, the daily wink. You will not regret it. You, I promise you, you will love it. You'll love it. Go to ProAmericaReport.com, sign up daily wink, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. East Coast time, 5 a.m. Pacific. comes in your inbox. You will be happy. All right. Uh, let me say thank you to the great Noah Dingley, our host, excuse me, our producer. He's our host. He's a host of his own show quite a, quite a bit. And... Um, a super guy puts up with a lot of chaos behind the scenes with this program. Very grateful to him. Thank you also to Ryan Height for helping our shows get in together, get uh, put together. Uh, very helpful guy. So again, uh, thank you to both of them. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>